This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. Well, see, some of you walked in here today, thought you're just going to have church. But we want to stir you up today that he is making a way where there seems to be no way. Like, you, you, you just need to know that today. It's not just nice people coming to a nice building on a nice day just to check a box, just go, you know what, I'm done church. And God is making a way. That's who he is. He's making a way. And whether this is your first time or your latest time, he is a God that is actively invested in our journey. He's making a way today. God is bigger than you know he is. He's better than you thought he was. And God is moving today. I heard someone say that good worship is like bite-sized theology. And that's good worship. God is bigger than your need. He's bigger than your past. He's bigger than your thoughts. See, some of you, you're still at the point where you're trying to figure out God. I believe in education. I believe in intellect. I believe in, in studying. I believe all that. I think we need to be good stewards and study and, and solve things. I believe in that. But I've learned this, that if God was small enough for my mind, he would not be big enough for my need. If I could figure it out, I wouldn't need God. And some of you need to know this. You're like, I can't figure this out. No, no, but God will make a way. And he's not dead, and he's not de done. And you're not dead, and you're not done. And no matter what you're dealing with today, he wants to make a way. You can leave here knowing God is fighting for you. He is fighting with you. He is, uh, he is cheering you on today. Amen? Come on, if you're comfortable, online and in person, if you're comfortable, would you just raise both hands? I want to pray today. God, I thank you right now for those joining us on Facebook and on YouTube. For those in person here today, God, we didn't come just to sing songs. We didn't come just to be nice people in a nice building, watching a nice online presence. We came to encounter you. God, we're asking that you would step in and show off in our lives to do immeasurably more than we could think or imagine. We love you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. And we're thankful for your presence. And everybody said, everybody said, Come on, hug somebody sitting next to you. High five somebody as you grab a seat today. Thank you, worship team. Come on, online, can we give you some hearts for our worship team in person? Can we round of applause for our worship team today? We're so thankful for an amazing, amazing worship team. Good morning, church. I'm going to say that again. You're the 1130 crew. You should be wide awake. Good morning, church. I love you so much. Oh, gee, I'm just, I love it, love it. So glad you're here. Again, welcome online. We're so glad you've tuned in today. And if you're on YouTube, hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. And on Facebook, um, like our page. And um, it's, we've been going over, I'm not going to share them. We've been going over the online numbers since March, and it's mind-blowing. Uh, I do want to say hello to Cooper, my dog at home, since Nancy shared it. Uh, we put on the live stream before we leave. So Cooper is getting saved. He's loving Jesus. He's figuring out how to text to give. Cooper, love you. Uh, we'll be home to let you go pee when we in a bit, all right? So uh, I do love that dog. Dog backwards is G-O-D. Cat backwards is the Antichrist. All right. If you have your Bible today, thank the jokes are free, folks. Uh, Luke chapter 18. If you have your Bible, Luke chapter 18. I want to encourage you this morning as we get right into God's word. Again, we're so glad you're here. So glad you're here and that you've joined us today for church. Luke chapter 18, verse 18. Once a religious leader asked Jesus this question, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? That's a good question. There's a lot of questions, and there seems to be more questions than answers these days. What's 2021 going to look like? Is the bubble going to last? Are we going to be able to travel again? What about sporting events? What does 
the exposure rate look like, what's the economy going to do, what's going to happen with the government south of the border, and in our country and wherever you're watching this from, there's a lot of questions. But this question here is the question, the question of life. It says, what should I do to inherit eternal life? It's a great question. And Jesus speaks to it. He says, why do you call me good, Jesus says. The red letters in my Bible, Jesus says, why do you call me good? Jesus asked him. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Pause. I think it's fascinating that Jesus throws in listening to your parents with murder. So Josh and Maddie, if you're listening, love you so much. Just obey God. Parents, and every parent said, amen. The man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. When Jesus heard his answer, he said, there is still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions, give the money to the poor. My mother said they were so poor when they were growing up. She grew up in Newfoundland in a small island uh, in Newfoundland. And she said, we were so poor, uh, we would say to the neighbors, could you cut us a piece of bread and do it with a jammy knife? That's poor. Or as my friend says, you say po, because you're too, too poor to afford the R, right? Uh, he, says, he says, and give everything you have to the po. And you will have treasure in heaven. Are you awake this morning? Are we good this morning? We're so glad you're here. We're so glad you're awake. We're so glad that you get to be a part of what we're doing today. And then he says this. Jesus heard this. He said, give, your, give to the poor, then come and follow me. Verse 23. But the man heard this and became very sad, for he was rich. And when Jesus saw this, he said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The, a camel through the eye of a needle. That visual just speaks to, that, that, that's impossible. It's impossible. In fact, I've heard it studied, and I've studied this verse. What does it mean? Because that's a very specific analogy. That's a specific, like really, a, a camel through an eye of a needle. Some scholars uh, archaeologists say that there was this, this tunnel, this, this small um, path, uh, really passageway into Jerusalem that you could use, and smugglers would use it, but it was also a hidden way. Uh, and you could not get two or three people through there side by side. In fact, it was so narrow, you couldn't get through there with backpacks or any weaponry. It was a secret passage. And they say people knew about this pathway, and it was actually called the Needle. And they said that, you know, camels with all their gear and all the luggage and all the supplies... People could picture a camel loaded up for travel or in an army, and they could never get through this little pathway. Some say that's what he meant, because that was called that pathway was called the needle. Other, there's a, a theologian named, um, I have his written name, that's called Schopenhauer, and he said, no, they mistranslated the word. The word for camel in Hebrew is very close to the word that means cable or large wire or large rope. And he said the best way to translate that verse would be better to say it this way. It's easier for an anchor cable. I like that analogy. We're a maritime church. We're in the Atlantic provinces. We, we have ocean in our blood. And we know so many ships and naval ships and cargo ships. And we picture those huge anchors and those cables attached to it. He said it's easier for an anchor cable to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to come into God's kingdom. See, here's what you need to know today. It's not a money thing he's talking about. See, God's not against you having money. God's not against things. God's not against those things at all. So people go, see, see, the church says you've got to be poor. You know, you, you, you can't have, no, he's not against money. He's not against us having money. He's against money having us. See, this verse isn't about money. It's about trust and faith. And I've realized in my life, sometimes it's easier to trust in the positions you have 
to trust in what God's given you than the giver himself. It's trusting God's promises than the promise keeper. It's, it's easier to trust in the blessing than the blesser. And when you do that, it goes from being stuff to being an idol. But you can make relationships an idol. You can make your job. You can make your online status an idol. You can make your friends an idol. You can make a lot of things your idol. And Jesus was saying, no, no, your trust has to be in God alone. But really, it goes on. The key verse in this whole passage I want to focus on today for the next few minutes as we launch you into your week is verse 26 and 27. He says, those who heard this said, then who in the world can be saved? I love that line. Then who in the world can be saved? It's impossible. I love this answer. Jesus says in verse 27, what's impossible for people is possible with God. What's impossible with people. I was studying this week and praying, and that verse just jumped off the page at me. It went from my page into my spirit, into my heart. And today I want to challenge you just for a few minutes allotted to me on this title, It's Possible. Look at your neighbor and say, it's possible. It's possible. Let's pray. God, thank you again for your presence. God, I thank you that all things are possible with you. I pray, our God, again, those guests that are here in person and those that stumbled upon this online, that's not by accident that they're here. God, I pray they'd feel your presence. I pray they'd feel the weight of heaven cheering them on today. God, that you're for us. I pray that we'd leave here more in love with you. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. That's a statement right there. Jesus just draws a line in the sand. He just drops the mic. He just lights the fuse. And he says this, what's impossible with man is possible with God. Today, I just want to encourage you that we serve a God that does the impossible, that with Jesus, what everybody says, culture says is impossible, what your mind says is impossible, what your life says is too far gone, it's too far removed, uh, I, that will never happen. It's possible with God. I want to ignite your faith today. I want to stir you up to another level of faith, whether you've been in church a long time or if you're new to this faith thing, that we're not just a bunch of people here trying to be good at a good service, trying to check our box and just do nice things. We actually believe that the God that made us is the God that saved us, is the God that's working for us. And when God is with us, who can be against? He is the way maker. It's not just a song. It's actually a belief that God is making a way where culture and government and banks and therapists and doctors say, there is no way, too far gone. God goes, no, 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 I can step in and I can show off God can do the impossible. It's possible with God. It's possible with God. In a world of can'ts and no's and it's not possible and lower your standard and think smaller and don't get your hopes up and this is not the time to dream, we echo Jesus saying impossible is nothing for God. This has been an impossible year. We had people joining us, I saw online before we jumped on here, from Argentina, from Brazil, from the Philippines, from foreign countries like Newfoundland and New Brunswick. And <laughs> it's been an impossible year, globally. Impossible. Possible year. I've never seen so much. I've never been so disappointed in humanity. So disappointed. Things in myself that rose up, things in, in, in friends, things in community, things in our country, things in government. I've never been more disappointed in humanity, division, hatred, so much hatred. It's like everybody's fuse is really short and all this hate. I, didn't, I knew there was hatred, but I didn't know there was hatred like that in our city, in our world. Facebook is like a powder keg for arguments, isn't it? 
You know what I'm talking about. Arguments. Just people post comments and it just blows up into something. Here's stories. Someone put a post on Facebook and man, it just blew up. I joined this neighborhood group for the neighborhood we live in, you know, just to know what's going on, to try to figure out garbage day in our neighborhood. Am I the only one? Yeah, I have no idea. Is it green bin day? Is it garbage day? Is there blue bags, clear bags, no bags? I don't know anymore. Am I the only person in our city that walks out on the morning of and looks down the street and goes, what day is it today? I think it's green bin day, right? There's one guy, that one guy that always takes it the night before and he helps the rest of us. And because of him, it's like a domino effect around our neighborhood. It's green bin day. I joined the Facebook group so I knew what day it was for garbage. And someone put a comment on a couple weeks ago. Hey, just a, I thought it was a harmless comment. Hey, whoever owns the red truck, could you please slow down? We have kids in this neighborhood and you're going way too fast. I thought that makes sense. We love kids. We don't want to see anybody get hurt. Great comment. Make, people rip this person apart. All of a sudden, who do you think you are? Uh, and then someone else drugged the MLA in there, uh, the local representative, going, we need sidewalks, we need crosswalks. And all of a sudden, there's argument on funding and on government and who should have been elected. Then they put a picture, you know, say, whoever owns a red truck? I'm like, yeah, who owns that red truck? And then I thought, wait a minute, I own a red truck. But it wasn't me. They put a picture of this pickup truck, and then some people are going, you're shaming them, and you shouldn't do that. And there's these comments. I'm like, what happened? There's never been so much division. Republicans and Democrats and liberals and Tories and this preacher and that preacher and this music and that neighbor and the stuff. It's never been so much argument, so much greed, so much evil. Even as a province where we live, we saw it this year, pure evil. Beyond just mental health, which is real, and beyond just stress, pure evil was manifested with mass murder in our, in our province. And I've never been more disappointed in a year But I want to remind you today, our faith is called Christianity, not humanity. Our faith is not in people. It's not in politicians. It's not in preachers. It's not in men and women. We're not following people. We're following Jesus. That's why we, it's called, our faith is called Christianity, not humanity. I had this mentor in my life. He's in his 70s now, this preacher. and Someone asked him one day, because this preacher had seen a lot, disappointments, and people walking away, and people not following through, and people promising to help raise money for these kids that he was this ministry that reaches kids and then not giving the money, all these disappointments and his own physical health. And they said to him, they said, how do you keep from being disillusioned? Without missing a beat, he looked him right back in the eye. He said, the secret is never be illusioned. My friend, make no mistake about it. We're not illusion that we're following people. We're not illusion that our hope is in government. Our hope is not in our culture. It's not in a stimulus package. It's not in a preacher of a message. It's not in a worship team of a song. We're thankful for people. We're thankful for government. We're thankful for our doctors and scientists. But our hope is not in people. We're not illusioned that our government can save us. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. That's where our hope stands today. Don't become illusioned. Our hope isn't in bad people becoming good. Our hope is not that you get some bad people to come here and maybe they become good. It's in dead people coming back to life through the power of God. See, I wasn't bad. I wasn't hurt. I didn't need CPR or a crutch of religion. I was dead in my sin and my shame. I didn't need a crutch. I needed a body bag. But Jesus breathed life into my heart, into my spirit, and what was dead is now alive. Our hope is not for good people become great people. Our hope is that God will intervene in someone's life and make a difference. True change happens at the cross. That's our hope today. Our hope isn't in the elections of men. It's in the goodness of God. We need to vote. 
We need to run for office. Some of you are called to go into government, but our hope is not in the elections of men. Even if you do count it six times, it's in the goodness of God. With Jesus, it's possible. Here's a thought today I want to challenge you with. Don't separate the divine from your daily. So easy to do. If I just read my Bible, if I'm being nice, if I treat my wife good, treat my kids good, love my dog, love you, Cooper, you know, give money, just be good, just be good. We can remove God from this. In fact, the Bible speaks of it in 2 Timothy 3.5. You'll see it behind me, but I'm going to read it in the, in the NIV version. It says, they have a form of godliness, but deny its power. It says, have nothing to do with such people. A form of godliness, but denying its power. I don't want to be a part of a form of godliness. If we're not careful, we can have a form of godliness. We read our Bible. We sing the right songs. We come to the right place. We have the right friends. We say the right, how you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good, and we know what to say. We have a form of godliness, but we remove the divine from our daily. My Bible says that God can show up when he wants and do what he wants. And the suddenlies of God, suddenly, the Bible says, he showed up. Suddenly, the place was shaken. Suddenly, there was a miracle. I feel like I need to challenge you today as a church. Don't, 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 don't divert away from the divine in our daily. We're not just good people. This is not self-help. This is not hype. This is understanding that God is that active. He's active in our lives. He wants to show up, and God can step in in a moment. It's possible with God. Whatever your mind says is impossible. With Jesus, it's possible. Get your faith stirred up. Going into 2021, I'm getting my faith stirring up. The world says it's impossible. The world says you can't. It says dream small, step back, just slow down. And my God does the possible. I believe God wants to do something in our church and our lives. God is bigger than you think he is. He's better than you thought he was. He's doing more than you can see, and he's working more than you know. See, I had the privilege of being a part of this church, and we get messages and emails about God doing things, people watching online, people that never been in church. Someone shared it, someone subscribed, someone did something, and there are people that are part of our church we've never met, and the miracle's coming in, and people uh, comments, and life changing, God doing things, and I'm like, oh God, you are working. We don't, even see, we don't even know what you're doing. Do you know God's working on your behalf right now? It says God doesn't sleep or slumber. That means when you're resting, he's still working. When you're not working, he is. He's working on our behalf. Some of you need to understand that today. It'll help you if you understand God is bigger than you know he is. You can't put him in a box on an hour on a Sunday morning. He doesn't fit in YouTube or Facebook. He is bigger than you know he is. Oh, he's a miracle working God. He's a way maker. It's possible with God. A couple things I want to encourage you with with the goodness of God, the power of God. Number one, Jesus saves Remember being in Vegas, I took a whole bunch of kids to work with a homeless shelter in Vegas. And right above the mission says, Jesus saves. It's not a billboard, it's the truth. Jesus saves. You need to know today, Jesus saves everyone and anyone. You hear me today? Some people think, well, you know, you ever say this? That person would make a really good Christian. If you said that, I'd say, man, they're so nice. They're so nice. They're so nice. Like, like, they're better parents than us. They have a better marriage than us. They're so, they volunteer at the school. Their kids are amazing. They would make great Christians. Don't we do that? We're like, well, you know, because God could save them. Because they're almost there. They've almost done it themselves. They're so good. They recycle correctly. They're so good. And we put these categories. Going, Jesus, you could save them. But then we put a, no, not them. Not them. 
They they felt too much. They did too much. They've said too much. They're too far gone. What they smell like, look like, spend their money on. No. Jesus saves. And I'm thankful for this place as a place that is testament that Jesus saves. Because we have the down and outs and the up and atoms and everyone in between. People have no car taking taxis here. People driving in the best cars in the world. And listen, hurt looks like a lot of different ways. You can hurt in a BMW and you can hurt on the bus. But Jesus saves anyone and everyone. You need to know that today. Some of you are like, you need to get your faith up. Because Jesus wants to invade your work, your school, your family. Well, my husband will never come to Jesus. Oh, no, Jesus saves. What's impossible with you is possible with God. Jesus heals. He is the God of the suddenly and the long haul. I've seen him do it too many times. I don't understand why he doesn't heal everyone. I've had this headache since May 12, 2009, 10.30 in the morning. Every minute of every day, I have the same headache. Don't send me your blogs. Don't send me your health. Thing. I've had, done it all. Done it all. Almost all. I've seen every doctor. I've seen, I've done, they have more degrees than a thermometer. I've seen them. Thank you, Andrew. But I've had the same headache every day since 2009. I don't understand why, but I still believe God can heal me. But you know what's amazing? I've actually prayed for people with headaches and seen miracles. I'm like, really, God? In the middle of that, when you're in the middle of going through, couldn't you have stopped and be like, you're good, you know? Like, I don't understand it, but I know God can do it. I still pray. Why? Because I believe in healing. Some of you need to hear this. I'm thankful for doctors and medicine. I'm thankful for therapy. I'm thankful for counseling. But listen, God can heal your mind, heal your body, heal your soul, heal your spirit. God can heal. Some of you got a report this week or you're nervous about a report coming back. Listen, we believe in doctors. We're thankful for medicine. But do not count out the presence of God. He heals. Even online, some of you are dealing with some things. God can step through this screen right now and he can heal. He doesn't need a, a prayer. He doesn't need an altar call. He doesn't need a worship song. He doesn't need a preacher. He doesn't need your permission. God will just, you can't pray enough. You can't give enough. You can't fast enough. You can't be good enough. God will just show up because he's God. And it's possible with him. He heals. God restores. Jesus restores. There's no one too far gone for Jesus. I think about this. There's this couple in our church. They were married for decades. And then it got rough. And they stepped out and stepped away and got divorced. Their adult kids are heartbroken navigating this new season and this couple, empty nesters, their kids are growing up and they divorced. And the world would say, yeah, well, you know, they had a good run, statistic. But we kept believing, no, no, God says it's possible. Now they're a part of this church. You know, they actually got remarried to each other after all those years. They're a part of our church, some of our best friends. They're they're actively involved. Why? And when I see them, I'm reminded that what the world says is impossible. God goes, no, 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 it's possible. What the world says, no, no, there's too much hurt, too much pain, too much stuff, too much baggage. Jesus goes, no, no, it's possible. Jesus restores. That's why in January, speaking of marriages, we're going to start Alpha Marriage, Marriage Alpha in our church. It's not for bad marriages. It's for marriages. It's like the gym. You don't go to the gym if you're out of shape. You go to the gym because it's a lifestyle. There's people in shape and out of shape. You ever see those people that are perfectly in shape at the gym? I'm like, why are you here? You're done. You did it. Hooray. You know, why? Because they're not trying to get to a goal. It's a journey of health. Some of you are like, I have a good marriage. Yeah, you need to go to marriage alpha. Some of you are like, my marriage is not good. You need to go to marriage alpha. We're gonna, you're going to hear more about that. Jesus directs. Jesus directs. 
I believe God speaks. Some of you are you're needing a decision. Some of you, you're in your singleness and you're crying out to God. You need a direction in your life. You have dreams and passions in your life. You're like, Jesus, I just need some direction. He will speak to you. You don't need to swipe left or swipe right. God will speak to you. I honestly believe God will speak to you. Some of you in your business, as parents, as couples, as individuals, you need God to speak. He speaks. We believe he's speaking to us as a church. Trying to figure out the budget for 2021. I text messaged amazing leadership pastors across the nation, 30 of them. I'm in this big group chat. Hey, guys, any advice for doing a budget for 2021? I know, I'm not kidding. Not one person replied to the message. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. And God goes, thank you for counsel and friends, but I want to speak to you about the budget. And God started speaking to us about the budget. Let me tell you another thing. Christmas Eve Eve is a big deal around here. I'm going over time, but this is good. So if you want to tune out, stay on. It's so good. You, you can't go anywhere. You're hostage. <laughs> Christmas Eve Eve around here is a big deal. And we, we feel like we made that day our own. Christmas Eve Eve. It's Nova's Christmas. Man, we saw people get on board and guests come. Last year, we packed this place twice. 1,200 people. Hundreds of people getting saved. People inviting people. We gave away money. We gave away so much money. We we're helping foster care. We we're helping uh, organizations that deal with uh, sex trafficking and crisis pregnancy. And we gave away, I think it was $6,000 last Christmas Eve Eve. Just, it was awesome. And then we spent money to create an atmosphere. People wanted to bring their kids and their grandparents and their families. And people left here feeling in love with Jesus and, and Christmas spirit. Feeling like there's actually hope in their life. So we were so busy getting ready to come back in person that we were delayed on Christmas. But last week, two weeks ago, we're like, let's do Christmas Eve Eve again. And we got excited. We started preparing and practices and started organizing organizing and ordering sets. And then this week, me and Nancy just stopped and God goes, change. The why is the same, but the how is going to look different. The what. And we're not doing Christmas Eve Eve this year. We're going to do it a couple days earlier. You'll get the information. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take all that money that we were going to spend to create an atmosphere for people to come into an experience. And we're going to use that money. We're going to buy as much food as we possibly can. And we're going to give away as much food as we can this Christmas. That parking lot, we're going to, we're going to look like Christmas vomited out there. There's going to be Christmas lights. We're trying to get Santa here. I've emailed him, waiting for his reply. We'll hopefully have Santa here. We're going to have the worship team singing Christmas carols all night. It's going to be amazing. We're going to have Christmas lights and Santa hats and Rudolph noses. And we're going to pack boxes with Christmas ham and vegetables and treats for the kids and all this goodness and glory and amazingness. And people are going to drive up and walk up and we're just going to give them and bless them. We're going to spend all that money and we're just going to make our city better on one night. We're just going to, our MLA is involved, our local representative, we're going to get people involved and we need you involved. And we're going to have Christmas in the parking lot. People are going to drive in and drive out and they're going to be blessed. Why? Because God still speaks and that's what he said to do. God wants to speak to your life. Jesus keeps. Jesus keeps. I want to remind you today that he wants to protect your life and keep you for the long haul. People say this week, people are saying to me, man, I don't know if I can make it long haul. If he can't make it long haul, if she can't make it long haul, what hope do I have? Jesus not only saves, but he keeps us. I honestly believe in the keeping power of Jesus. Some of you are like, I don't know if my marriage is going to make it through this year. Jesus keeps. I don't know if I can keep my faith. So disappointed. So offended. I'm so hurt. I'm so lonely. I'm so tired. I'm so worn down. Jesus keeps. I believe last week, one of you, one of our amazing church people, met him outside. A year-long addiction recovery. He's been sober for just over a year. And I met him, and I'm like, 
I hadn't seen him for a bit because of online. I'm like, Dude, how are you? Looking at him, looking at his eyes. I'm like, how are you? He's like, it's been tough, man. But I'm still sober. I'm like, you are? He was having relapse, man. It's been tough. I had to change where I was living. Living in my truck this week to get away from the house I was in. I was like, you're living in your truck? Like, we're going to help you. We helped him this week. But he's like, no, no, I haven't relapsed. Jesus keep, is keeping me. Came by the office this week, prayed for him. The keeping power of God. In a, in, a, in, a, in a year when people say, it's impossible to stay sober in this year. People are falling off the wagon that were never on the wagon. People getting drunk. People just, just coping. People just going to addictions. Going, this is the year of relapse. And this young man goes, no, Jesus has kept me. He will keep me. I don't know where I'm living. I don't know what I got to eat, but I do know this. God is keeping me. I said, yeah, and we're going to help you. We're going to help that young man. But the world says it's impossible. God says it's possible. I want to encourage you today. Don't take away the divine from your daily. He wants to interrupt your life. He can heal you. He can save you. He can direct you. He can keep you. God is with you. I want to pray a blessing over you as a church, if, if I can. If you would, would you stand to your feet all over this place? I want to pray a blessing. If you're comfortable, if you're comfortable, would you just lift your hands? Before we sing this song, I want to bless you today. Father, I bless them right now with your presence. I bless them in their going to sleep and they're waking up. I bless them, Father, as they go to sleep tonight, there'll be peace in their mind. I pray anxiety would have no portion in their life. I speak peace over their sleep. I bless them in their laying down. I bless them. I bless them in their waking up. They wake up with vision and joy and peace. I pray there'd be peace on every border of their life, every relationship, every venture, every corner of their life. I pray, speak peace over them. I pray for your presence over their life. I pray they know they're not alone, but the power, Father, of uh, the, the Holy Ghost power would be in their life. I speak healing in their life, emotionally, sexually relationally, physically. I speak health over their body and over their mind and over their life. I bless them with relationships that are healthy. I bless their mind with clear thoughts. I bless their emotions to be stable. I pray that their legacy would be great. Their trust would be in you. I bless them with your, your presence. I pray your face would smile on them. I pray they'd feel the joy of heaven in their waking moments. I bless them with your goodness and your grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Can we sing this song about the Waymaker? It's not a song. It's an anthem. That what's impossible with people is possible with God. He makes a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. Come on, let's sing this together.